Podcasting with Kerry Jones. This week's guest has a passion for fly tying and tells us how it all started and became his full-time profession for over 30 years. He also goes on to talk about his love for the rivers around his home in County Leash in Ireland. He's a guide and angling writer and gives instruction on fly fishing as well as running fly tying classes. Well, since I've done these podcasts, I've had some great stories of last casts. But have a listen to this one. This is kind of special. Up there with the best. Welcome to my chat with Jimmy Terrell. Hi, Jimmy. How are you keeping in these mad times? I, honest to God, I've never, ever been as busy. I, I don't know what... I'm, I work as well, Kerry, right? But I'm, I do a three-day week now because I'm kind of 65, so I'm just winding down for retirement. But it's not retirement. It's... I'm... I don't want to retire. I'm going to go at this kind of at my own pace. Yeah, work when you want to work, ideally. Yeah, I see. I I was doing this full time, right? But you're working seven days a week, yeah. and you're at everybody's beck and call because you you have to make a living at it. Yeah. So, so now I went and got the day job, and I've had that for the last fifteen years, and now I'm kind of I'm happy now. I have a workshop out the back of the the house, and I do all my fly. See, I've built up a, a massive, big customer base over the last probably thirty years. I bet, yeah. And I've met some really, really, really good people that have helped me, and you know, yeah. I know. I was, I had to learn how to tie myself. <laughs> There's nobody. There was no kind of David McPhail's, or you know, Dave, Dave McPhail is absolutely brilliant. The stuff he puts up now. So if I'm ever looking for something that I don't know, I can, you know, but there's. I just learned to tie myself, and I, I met some lovely people that helped me al- along the way. It was just books years ago, and you just had to just, you know, look at the books and the magazines. There was no videos as such on tying flies. Oh no, no, there was not. There was nothing like that. It was just kind of. I used to take stuff into work with me and do um, do bits like that. Yeah, and you know, just pick it up. I'm going back forty years though, and then, and then I kind of. It's just something I always wanted to do. I don't know why. It was in the back of my head somewhere, and I just wanted to... So how did it start? Because we got something in common, I think, haven't we? Because we both Welsh. Yeah. When I used to see your profile on Facebook, it says um, Newport. So I thought, oh, it's got to be Newport yeah. Mayo. And then I realised then, I yeah. thought, hang on a minute. No, he is Welsh-like. So what was yeah. the story there, then? You were born in Wales, were you? Well, Newport, I, I went to uh, Father Hill School in Newport. Yeah, I was born in Undy. I was right. born in Pontypool, right. but uh, my my own place is Mega, Undy Mega, right? Not too far from Newport. And you said and your um, family was Manchester, though, is that right? Yeah, they moved. See, my, my father moved. We all moved up to Manchester for work. My father was probably work at the time, so we all moved. Six children, right? Six. Wow. And, uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a pleasant time for me. I didn't like it. So when I was only there for probably a year in school and then when I got 15 I left straight away and come back and I lived with my uncle down there right worked and 
I went back to Manchester then and met a woman and got married at the, you know, the usual and probably 21, I was married at 21 and then uh, her family, my wife's family, they're from Dundalk in oh, Ireland. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were all moving back. So we kind of went back with them. Was that to Dundalk you moved to, was it? Yeah, we moved to Dundalk, and then that's where they're from. But my father's from Abbey Leaks, where I am now. My mother's Welsh, and my father's Irish. So I, I actually came back and I got a job in Abbey Leaks. Right. Or in Port Leash, not too far away. Sorry, yeah, I looked on the map, because I wasn't sure it was between like Port Leash and Kilkenny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm only nine miles from Port Lee, so it's not too far from Kilkenny. It's great fishing and everything out here. I'm, I'm blessed. I've, I've yeah. actually been, I fished the River Noah a few times and stayed down Mount Juliet, oh, yeah. Thomastown. Oh, end. did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trout, trout so you'd have come through, you'd have passed through Abbey Leaks, where I am, probably. Probably, yeah. I didn't know how to pronounce it, because there's an X in it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A-double-B-E-Y-L-E-I-X. Right. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, the Nor runs through him. The Nor's five minutes from my house. Wow! I tell you what, then, if you have got all these nationalities in your family, then it's pretty confusing and complicated when it comes to the Six Nations. Your house, <laughs> no, no, no Welsh, <laughs> no Irish. Is, is is that right? That's the that's the one thing I keep. <laughs> you got a red jersey on a match day, have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, my son-in-law is Irish, and that. Uh, the the grandson he says there so he he's a Welsh jersey on but he's kind of he doesn't know what way to go. Whoever's <laughs> <So. laughs> winning, I but, guess. Uh, we, yeah, he's he's Kieran, and, and they, they when they christened him, they spelled it K Y R A N Welsh way. So they, they did that for me. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> right, well. right. So I have a good friend in um, I have a good friend Tony Davis down there in in Pontypool or in Port Talbot, sorry. And, uh, yeah, he's a great friend of mine, and he sent me over a Welsh jersey for him. Ah. What did you think of the game yesterday? They were lucky, lucky to Scra- get through. Scraped it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, honest to God, they didn't deserve it now. No. I, uh, I think they're in a bit of a transition period, I think, because I don't think... I think Scotland would beat... Scotland are going well anyway. Scotland beat England. That was a good one. Oh, jeez, I didn't so, expect that at all. Nobody did, I don't think. No. So, I think Wales, looking at it, I think they, to be honest, after the the last 12 months or so, their defence was better yesterday. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So they sort of scraped yeah, but the result. It's never been that bad, really, has it? You know, if you know what I mean. But it it, it was good now, in all fairness, because Ireland yeah. did put it up to him in the first half, anyway. They did, yeah. I think Pivac got a big struggle ahead of him. After... Like Sean Edwards and Warren Gatlin gone. He's got a lot to yeah. live up to now. Yeah, I don't know whether he's the man, but we'll see anyway. Well, it started off like a rugby podcast then, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Are the travel restrictions still in place with you now? Five kilometres is all I can go. Oh. Now I can go to work, which is not, uh, nine miles, probably 12 kilometres. But uh, I a... can travel now. But other than that, you can't travel... That's why the fishing has been. That's why the the um, fishing has been good for me because people are genuinely going back fishing on the rivers now and everything, and picking up a lot more customers that I didn't have before. You know, different parts of the country like Wexford and stuff like that. What well, guiding you mean? Is it? They, 
yeah, they, and even salmon fishing, or people are going back. Even if the salmon fishing is not green, but um, people are going back to it because I'm tying more salmon flies than I ever tied. All right. My, this time of year, my my main business was with um, the west of Ireland. You know, for, for duck fly, mayfly, olives. Yeah. But now, because people can't travel to the west, some people will chance it. Yeah. But because you can't travel. People are going back to the rivers, so I'm do, I'm doing more kind of wet flies stuff like that, and people want to. I'm doing well with the kind of tuition and stuff like that because that's what I want to do, and that's what I love doing. Yeah, it's nice to teach. It's it's nice to see people catching fish and see the the buzz they're getting out of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. That's that's what I enjoy more than anything. I've I've got a few bookings, kind of Christmas presents that people give to people, so. I have a few bookings in March now, so I'm open. But the rivers are up over the banks now at the, at the moment. So when did you very, start? Very, high. Right. Yeah, it's the same year. So when did you start? When did I start? Yeah, to fish to start with. Was it in Wales or wasn't it until oh, you got over to... Yeah in, in, yeah, in Wales. I had uncles and things like that. But that, see, you wouldn't have any... Well, the rivers then, where I was from, was only little small streams, small trout. Yeah. But that's where I learned, where, that's where I actually probably got the bug. And then right. when I moved from Manchester, when I moved to Manchester, which I wasn't up there too long, a few years, but I didn't do any fishing up there. Then when I come over here, it was completely different, opened up a new world for me because you were spoiled for choice. And, and the rivers were pristine then. But now they're kind of all the same over there, I think, pollution and the rivers have gone backwards. Fish sizes are gone. Fish stop. Yeah, the, the fish thing. There's a lot of fish in the rivers, but the sizes of the fish kind of gone gone really small. Pound trout now. A pound trout in the Nore is is a good trout. Yeah, I I never had a, a pound fish from the Nore. I had you know yeah. eight ounce fish more or less. A couple of days I fished it. Fishing for salmon. Yeah, we caught trout as yeah. well, but they were small. You were saying about the trout getting smaller. I was talking with Alan Parfitts, who fishes a lot of the wild lakes in Wales on my last podcast, and I agree with him that all this, like 10, 20 years ago, the fish you were having then compared to now, such a difference, but it's gone opposite to there, like you were saying there. All the fish we catch, you know, they are a lot bigger. To catch pound, pound and a right. half brown, wild brown trout is common now. I, I don't know why that is. We've yeah. got mountain lakes here. And you're having pound three quarters, yeah. two pound trout. I'm not complaining. Maybe they're having more. Yeah, oh no. More. They're not fished as much because a lot of the people here, since the rainbow scene sort of 20 years or 30 years ago, really kicked off and all these small waters, that took a lot of the people who fished for these little wild browns away. And maybe now they're having more time to themselves. And like I'll go to the some of the wild mountain lakes here, you know. And I'll be the only one there. Yeah. You know, okay. it's nice to experience some great fishing and you're getting like pound, pound and a half fish common. It's really the same here on the rivers. You don't see, you could go walk miles and you wouldn't see anybody. The rivers have, are not as like they were, so people tend to go to the lake where they want to catch bigger fish. Me, I, if I catch a half pound fish, I'm not. Is it the rivers you prefer to a, a lake? Or do you oh, I love, oh yeah. I, I, no, I don't like Corrid. I don't like any of the lakes. I don't like. <laughs> I go out and I do go. I go up there and on time. I, I tie a few. I tie a lot of flies for gillies up there and things. And I get a few days out. But I'd rather be walk ten miles on the river. 
Isn't I it? just love river fishing. There's something about the rivers. And like I say, here you don't see anybody. I have a couple of rivers now. If you were ever over here, I'll, I'll take you out. There's a few small rivers that end up in the north. Little small rivers, the Gowl and the Urkna, uh, limestone rivers. So, and the, the trout are better quality trout. The fly life in it is better. Right. And the water's crystal clear. It's just hard to fish. But you can walk for miles and you don't see anything. Yeah. But it's, there's a lot a lot of fish in it. The only river I've, I've spent some time on in Ireland is uh, the Liffey. Fished with a yeah. guy, John Higgins. And he's up me out. Right. And this one day we were there and I loved it. And they were good fish too. The, most of them were a pound. Yeah, the Liffey. Yeah, or oh, the Liffey is some really, really good fishing on the Liffey. But again... It's gone back. See, the fly life is not there anymore like it was. No, and a lot of people have gone back to, not gone back to, but rather are taking up long line fishing, you know, this nymphing. Yeah, yeah. Vertigo nymphs and stuff like that. So that's kind of getting common, especially down the part of the country where you were fishing, Mount Julia, Kilkenny, all them stretches down there because you've got the water for it. Mm. It's a lot wider down there than it is up this end and, and you've got a more streamier runs. I don't know whether you were down in Inishtig and places like that, where you've got probably a mile, say a, a mile and a half of water that you can actually get in and walk. That all, that's how deep it is, so shallow runs, but big, wide river. Yeah. So they do what they do all this check nymphing and not yeah. my cup of tea, but because the fly life is not there anymore, the people are going, they're, they're, it's, it's just a way to catch fish. And they do catch a lot of fish with it. It's it's come incredibly popular over here, you know, that Czech nymphin and, you know, the, yeah. uh, what do they call it, you know, the French leader. Um, the, you know, grain yeah. fishing. It's not my cup of tea, to be honest. I've done it. Yeah, I've never done it now. Yeah, it's... Some people love it. I'm fair play to them, you know, but it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. doesn't do it for me. I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. catch something with big red spots on, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I actually got... Um, 10 foot three weight Christmas now because it's, it's the fact that I, I do a lot of guiding and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you have days where you're not going to be catch people like to, especially Americans like to do a bit of dry fly fishing and all this. And if there's no fly like you, you basically have nothing. Yeah. No point. So another way to catch fish for people. I like nymphing now, you know, wet fly nymphing and stuff like that. But this is just another another arrow in the bow just to, to, to have to, to do it really. So I have to do a bit of that now this year. I like to do the traditional methods. You know, even when I fish, you know, on the corridor boy, even some of the waters, the hills here, just the traditional wet flies. I just love it, you know, yeah. and it's like, it's part yeah. of your personality and I'd rather do that and have two or three fish than, than do something which isn't really what you're about and catch more. Yeah. So how did the tie-in come about then? And to do it professionally? i tell you how it started. And this is a long... I was only probably a chap, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't remember how old I was in it. But I'd say I was only maybe 10, 11, 12. And I, I got a book, basically, off my grandmother, I think. And it was all flies and the pictures of flies and all this. And it all started with... I found a dead pheasant. You know, p- picking up feathers and tying them onto a hook. That's where it started. And it didn't follow on then for a long time after that. And then when I kind of moved over here, you started doing fly fishing. You bite, you were buying flies. And then I just started to make my own, you know, like small uh, spider patterns and stuff like that. 
then you start catching a few fish on spider patterns and nymphs and things and you know nondescript flies basically yeah and then it just took off from there and then you get people asking you what were you telling me a fly here and telling me and, and then one thing built on to another and I was lucky then I met a few people along the road that helped that kind of pushed me along a bit further and like I said I was telling you early on I started taking the voice into work I used to work night shifts so I used to do a bit on the night shift and I had a good job I was able to do it and that, that's where I used to practice that and do and then one thing led to another and that there's a fly fishing museum not too far from here is there? and um, yeah if you're ever over I'll have to take you down to it it's only I'd say five miles away from my house and he doesn't do anything he doesn't do anything to promote it I don't know why it's a, some it is something I wouldn't even think there's anything like it in England to be honest with you yeah it's, it's, it's a fly fish game uh, game shooting and fly fishing museum and it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that's in it that'd be but good to see again he doesn't and I I had I was asked to go out there and, and open it for him and keep but it's in it's right in the country and it's off the beaten track so you need to be able to find it more so than look if you know what I mean it's just a difficult place and he didn't do anything to promote it yeah. but I had a shop out there in the museum and uh, I used to do a bit from there and then one thing led to another it was that was a struggle financially so I kind of when I got the day job and then I started doing uh, built up my own workshop and started going from there really I can imagine it's quite a pressure because you I suppose you've got to tie a lot of flies to make money yeah and, and that's what I'm saying to you. You would have to work 24 hours a day if you wanted to really, really make money. And, you know, it, it was that was a struggle because it was, you were at people's beck and call. If somebody wanted to call at 8 or 9 o'clock at night, you'd have to basically go, because you needed the money. Yeah. You know, I was lucky that, that, that was, my wife was great with me. It was only me and her, the kids. My daughter was, you know, there was nobody, only the two of us in the house. So we didn't have any big financial burden, so we're able to was able to get through it basically. And now I've kind of established myself. Took a long, a lot, a lot of years and a lot of hard work, but now I can do it at my own pace. I don't need to. If somebody wants to call at nine o'clock tonight, now I just say no, sorry. So I just go at my own pace now, and because I'm working a three-day week as well, good because I'm, I'm getting a lot of orders through my website. And, Facebook is absolutely brilliant, but I keep that petition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't keep it to a group of friends outside of that. I just keep it to fishing only. And I put up a fly on that every week, and that gets me a lot of business as well. So on a typical day when you're working, tying flies, how many would you tie in a day? Well, again, it depends what it is now. But I, like Before I was talking to you, now, I was out there tying a few salmon flies for, for an order for a lad up in, um, in Galway. It, it it just depends what orders you have and what you want to. You're, you're trying to tie for the box as well, but because now this, I'd, I'd have people calling, you know, for flies and stuff like that because they can't have them calling now. Yeah. So everything is done for the post. Tie a hundred flies if you wanted. There's no. Would you have a day? Again, depends on the pattern. That's got to be you some know. strain on your eyes. Yeah, well, I don't. I actually use magnifiers now. 
which I probably right. could should have been using years ago, but I didn't. But uh, it's I use a magnifier now the whole time, and and I wear very focal glasses anyway. Right. But I still use the magnifier. But again, you can get up and walk away from it. It's, you know, some of these tires I know who do it like a, a production line almost. If somebody wanted say a dozen say Peter Rosses for argument's sake, yeah, they, you know. I've seen them, which has surprised me. Instead of just tying one at a time and go through them, they'll tie like the body, the tail, throat, leave it. Body, the tail, throat, leave it. Is that quicker to do that way? Tie parts of a fly and go back to them? Well, for me, it wouldn't be because I just, if, if I had, say, a dozen flies like that, I, I just have the material, I get the materials ready for that. Say the wing, you know, the, the teal feather. Tinsel, the golden pheasant, I'd have it all ready. So, for that dozen flies, and then just knock one up. I, I think, for me anyway, it's easier to tie one fly and finish it off once the, the materials are in front of you. I, I, I do yeah. know that from peep, speaking to people, that that's the way some people would know if there's a, a one man band, it's a different story. But if you were two or three people tying, then it's easier to put on a tail, put on a body, put on... Yeah. I've spoken to people that have done that, but to me now that would be... I don't know. It's just probably because I'm used to doing it this way. I, I love tying shrimp flies, salmon flies. Yeah, I got an order the other day from a lad. I tied this guy up in Galway, and basically what he... Every single fly that is a black shrimp, right? But it's his own tie. And of course, I met, um, I met him in Galway, two years ago up at the show and he had a friend with him. Now that friend has had to give me an order yesterday for the, the same fly but then he sends me a picture of the fly and that is a, a pain in the butt fly, you know what I mean? Oh, is it? Because it's not what he asked for in the first place. Ah. So stuff like that, you get a picture, a picture of a fly, like how do you, you never get the colours right anyway. Every fly yeah. is different. Every colour, every cape is a different colour. The dyes and everything, you know. Yeah. And I do a lot of that, actually. Tied to order stuff. Which you can charge a few, you know, you can charge a few quid extra then. Do you dye any of the materials yourself? Yeah. Not much, no, to be honest with you. Because I know yeah. a lot of people. Lawrence Finney now was a good friend of mine. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of that man. He was up in the north. Oh, like, right. they're messing with all this pickering acid and dyeing. Dyeing is not great for it's very cancerous, so I just I die if I haven't got a colour. Now, for instance, I had to um, I I couldn't get a good grizzlelac olive for the mayflies, so I had to go and buy a, a grizzle saddle, and then he sent it up to me. So I died at the weekend to come out alright anyway. So I was happy enough with that. But uh, that's about all I do. I just die if I need a colour. It's very difficult to re- wouldn't... repeat a colour as well, isn't it? So fine too. Yeah, I think uh, David McPhail does a lot of dyeing now and stuff like that. Again, you want to know what you're doing. It's, you know, they, they all have the recipes as well to get the exact same colour all the time. And because I only dabble, I dye an odd one here and dye it, you never get the same one. Yeah. Now, this one that I dyed at the weekend, I definitely will because I wrote down what I used, the amount of water, the amount of dye, and how long. So hopefully, because I'll, I'll dye my own grizzle from now on. Because olive's a funny shade, if you know. You need, there's a oh. lot of different shades yeah. in it and especially over, olive here is, is massive in Ireland 
Yeah, something that you look at. Itself yeah, it's, it's lovely sometimes uh, to once you've been out in the lake for the day and you go back to a bar and you speak to like a couple of anglers and so and so and so on fish or whatever, yeah. and they look in the fly yeah. box then and some of the colours, oh, those olives and clarets, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like it's unbelievable now. Yeah, once you get a confidence in one colour, you might have a slightly different shade, and you don't feel right. It's got to be that bang on colour you you've been yeah. catching on. Yeah, I I tie I do a lot of them. I have a few flies that I tie for people, um, detached body mayflies. flies. So uh, it's my body, and it's my fly. If you know what I mean, it's one that I come up with, and it catches a lot of fish on colours. But I have a boatman up there, Gilly up in Nuktara. He specifically has this one fly, and it's the, the colours. Because I sent up a few different ones to him when I was doing it, but one colour seems to work better than the rest of them. I actually do that fly tie a, a lot, a lot of them. I actually do them, I've done a lot on the weekend now because there'd be a lot of people looking for them. I yeah. put up, I put one up on, I think I probably put one up last weekend. I have another one going up this weekend on Facebook. I put one up every week. I noticed the duck flies is this and, week, um, isn't it? Yeah, I put duck flies up, but I put, I did, I put a mayfly up on Friday as well, I think. Yeah, even that duck fly now, I, I, I've already got three or three orders for that already. I bet they look fishy. When I saw the picture, it was like a hatch in your hand. You can imagine yeah, they're going to be killing. They're nice now, yeah. now, and that's very small. That's only they're only on a sixteen, but uh, yeah, that fly works well now. But again, that's a fly that I got from somebody years ago. That colour, yeah, because the hackle right. on it is just a different colour. Yeah, so it's just fly, fly tying. Everybody has a favourite, but you'll. When you tie into so many different people, I always get a lot of flies sent to me to copy. So it makes you wonder. A lot of the it's not the fly; it's the light on a lot of on a lot of patterns. Whatever way the light is shining on the day, to hit that, you know, because you can tie up six flies, basically all the same, but just vary the shades, and they'll all catch fish. Yeah. At some stage, maybe not all on the same day. But they're all they all catch at the same day. Like like you were, what you were just saying, you look into these people's fly boxes, and there's hundreds and hundreds of different colours. Yeah. Now use what's on the lake that 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 have those colours. A lot of it's down to light. The same on the rivers. Yeah, you, I bet. Put, you could put up flies. You could put up one fly tonight and a hatch of blue winged olives, and catch. You put that same fly up tomorrow night. Nothing. And that's happened to me on a lot of occasions, actually. Where you think you're going to have a good night the next night. The fly life is still coming off, but the, the same fly might catch two nights in a row, three nights. Might, it might, some weeks, catch three nights in a row. And then, nothing. Yeah, so I, I think a light has an awful lot to do with it. You, you touched on earlier on but, about exhibitions. Do you do many yeah. exhibitions now? Yeah, I used to do a lot. Now, not so much. I don't know. It's probably because you get getting older. I should see. I used to do a lot of it at shows and things, but now when I do shows, you're there to sell flies, really. Yeah. But I have to go and start getting away from that. I, I need to go into Galway and tie flies because because I've done the the AFGI and all this, the Advanced Professional Game Angling Instruction. I know. I should be going up there and sitting down with them as well and tying a few flies, you know, and showing people different. But that's the next move for me, actually, rather than going to Galway to sell. 
get away from the, the selling bit. So I'm hoping to retire now in July. We'll we'll take it, you know, take it from there. See what way I go. I'm still going to stay doing what I'm doing, but yeah. I just need to um, start doing the, the, the. I want to get more into teaching and tying, if you know what I mean. And you yeah. get the thing is when you're yeah. tying as well, it's a very lonely thing, isn't it? It's just you and the oh, voice. Yeah. You yeah, know, there's not a lot well, of interaction. I've kind of always been that way as well. <laughs> I've always been that way. Even fishing, like I, I get loads of people asking me to. I, I if I go fishing, I want to go fishing um, with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not. I, I'm not a, a person to. I, I love taking people out fishing, but when I go fishing, I like to go fishing and do my own thing and take to me. I've always been that way anyway. I don't know why. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It's just something that's in me, really. I've always kind of been. The downside of that is your Christmas party is a bit of a washout. <laughs> <laughs> it works too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't even been to one of them for a few years. So <laughs> yeah. No, but I like, when, I, when I'm fishing, if I'm fly fishing, I do like to have somebody in the boat with me to chat in a boat. You know, I just love yeah, it. Oh, yeah, in a boat and that. Yeah. But when I'm going out on the river, yeah, I yeah. just like to go and go because, like I said to you here, I'm spoiled for choice. Like the nose only five minutes for me, so I can go out there and I can walk miles. You wouldn't see anybody anyway. You know, there's another river out there where I, know, I go a lot of, and the the River Gowl, and it's all kind of pasture land. So you just you're going out into the middle of the country, and you just and you could spend. I could go out nine o'clock at night, spend you know till twelve. Not so much now, but 20 years ago, you could go out there and you'd fish till 12 or 1 in the morning. Now there's no point because there's nothing happening. No hatch. No hatch, no. It's just gone. It's just, it kind of comes on maybe 9 or 10 o'clock, hatch of blue-winged olives, and you get a hatch of caddis sedge for maybe half an hour, then that's it. Yeah. Before, I... there'd be sedges coming off that for hours yeah. you know that's when you get the really really good fish on it but now that's not happening now you could pack up once it stops you just you might as well go home I bet your fly box is the envy of a lot of people or is it like you might get like a builder or a painter is you know he does everyone else's house but his own he leaves the last minute did your fly box up you know really something impressive is you, you got the you, patterns you, no you just hit the nail on the head. My fly box is probably the worst one of the lot. Because what I do is, honest to God, I, I, I have about six fly boxes. I don't think I actually, I, if I'm going out, say, I was going out, I was going out Paddy's Day anyway, right? Because that's when it opens. I will tie up a few nymphs and a few spiders and off you go. And then, like, my fly box is full of little, small fly. I, I don't even think I, I look into it until I go out, just pick out, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's like a, it's hard to explain now, but it, it isn't what you think it is. It's, it's actually not very good. But <laughs> it, what's in it is, is what I need. Yeah. And I'd know, you know, I'd nearly know which fly box to go to. Go to. I'd keep two good, Two fly boxes that I if I'm on the river, yeah. and I just keep them two, and I know what's in them, and I just top up 
top up that every now and again because there's not a whole lot of patterns you need for the river anyway. You pick up different patterns, divorce edges and stuff like that. They're, they're, I had two, um, two French guys last year through the fisheries bar. They had to take them out. And I'm not joking, you know, I learned more off them than I learned in a long time. And I, and I was looking after them, but I learned so much from the way they fish like, on rivers. Um, unbelievable now. There's a couple of French guys here in Durham, I think, not too far away from me. They're the same, really great fishermen. Great, great fishermen. But they, they, they don't stop. They fish, fish, fish. Whereas I go, I just walk and, you know, if you see something, you go up. They don't. They just fish where they know this fish. And, like, they can't fish where you'd never think. Mm. You know, you, le- you learn a, a lot. I had Mike Weaver at one time. Did you ever hear of that man? Yeah, I've heard of the he name. He writes for Trout and Salmon. Yeah. Yeah, I had him for two days. And, oh, Jesus, he was unreal. Unbelievable. Man. But you learn, that's how you learn from these people. Like, you see the way they they do things. Like, they, they fish where you don't think there's fish. You know, and Mike Weaver, he was he was one of the better fishermen that I've come across. And again, I took him on a river that is very similar to where he fishes at, at, at home. Small, small streams. Yeah. Not too small, but, you know, smallish. Not, and uh, he loved it, but he got some great fish on it. I love fly fishing, love fly fishing, and they're the same. They love, they're passionate about what they do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I live and breathe it. I, I dream about it even. Like, yeah. Oh, but it's like, and that's, <laughs> you know, but I, I went through a stage because I was a bit like yourself. You you turned your, your passion, your flight tying into your yeah. work, your business. Yeah. And then with me, what I found, I was loving my fly fishing. I was doing well in the competition scene. And then I, I started doing stuff for Trout Fisherman, the magazine then, and the odd one for Trout yeah. Salmon. And every week I was doing something, features, photography, writing, and then I sort yeah. of almost lost the the, the passion to, to go out and catch a fish. You know, it was like I lost something, and it was only because of that yeah. then I needed another goal, which is something different, just right. fly fishing, but I obviously loved trout. And that's where my ferox passion yeah. came in then, and that kicked it right. back into me, you know. But it, I yeah. suppose when you retire now, I suppose in the next couple of months, you'll have more time to tie for yourself, I guess. Yeah, but I, like I say, I I have a handful, right, of specific patterns that I would use, and honest to God, probably on one hand. And that'd only be kind of nymphs. I have a nymph that I use on the river, right, and I don't change from that nymph because it catches me a lot of fish. So, but and I have a few dries that I use and they're the patterns that I stay with basically but now because of all this this um, these, this Perdigon nymphing and all that fish are genuinely not coming to the surface they're feeding on the bottom that's why if you want to catch a fish that's the way to go really the one reason that I never agreed with it is because people are walking in the rivers right they're just destroying the riverbeds as well because they they they, fly, they fish it hard now. They fish it hard. I I done a demonstration with the um, fly fishing team one time up in Wicklow, and there was a competition up there that day. And I was, and I tell you now, I was disgusted what I seen going on with the amount of fish they were catching and killing. 
and they were coming back. I, I was doing a fly tying exhibition in the pub for people that were up there, you know, and uh, they were coming back in with carrier bags, carrier bags full of small fish. I didn't go back there again anyway. It's changed. It's changed a lot now. People are genuinely going back to um, kind of catch and release. Still get the likes of that going on. I think- but that's why I've never really fished competitions because a lot, a lot of it is killing fish. It's funny, like no. at the time, like it's been like for years, ever since I've grown up, you know, to go out to catch yeah. a fish, kill it and bring it home. This seems to be the norm. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. everyone now is on about catch and release, catch and release. And it's like, there's a place for it. And I think, you know, yeah. we're killing the odd one. In fact, there was a story, right? I was fishing once the River Moy on Ballina. And yeah. it was one of the first times I ever fished it. And it was Tidal, this the there's one bit called the point and I was there fishing and, yeah. and this guy was with me and he said as soon as the water goes over that one rock he said you might as well just come out because the fish will just run past you up and uh, yeah. anyway he was fishing away and uh, as it happened I lost the salmon so I just sat down on right. the bank then and I happened to be chatting with this guy who I didn't know at the time until he told me he was actually the the, um, the fishery officer and so we just chatted there for about an hour and then he said, uh, look across the river now. And he said, see the, the, the bushes moving over there. So he said, yeah. He said, that's a poacher. He said, uh, he doesn't know that I know he's there. But he said he's a yeah. local and he will take one fish for the table. And I pretend yeah. I don't know. And I thought that was quite good, yeah. like, you know, to, to think yeah. that this guy, he just wants to eat. And he takes one. Yeah. Seen it. I'm not. I'm. Not, I, hey, I'm not um, anti killing fish. It's the fact that when when competitions are on, yeah, and you see that kind of that going on, you know, mm. that's to me that that's not right. There should be someone there to mark and measure. I think that's the way you know, it's going. I kill, I kill more fish than anybody when yeah. I, when I was growing up. But you know, for the kids love trout. I often brought them on my father. You know, I've no, I wouldn't, I've no objection to anybody taking them off the table. Yeah. But, but when you see competition fishing and they're killing, because I don't, I don't eat them anyway. <laughs> so I always put, I, I just genuinely put them back in. I just like catching them. But when you were saying about the competition fishing, then that's the last time I saw you. It was in Animo. Was it Animo? Animo yeah. Animo, yeah. Yeah. When um, the the fishery had, uh, it was like an invitational competition, a press. I think yeah. media competition. Yeah. You were that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's right. Because I did well that day. I had a couple of prizes, and one of them was your framed flies. You remember that? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. I got it up, uh, up there on the wall. Of my front room is like a shrine oh, to Ireland. And yeah. I've got the framed flies <laughs> yeah. on the wall, and I've got uh, the Guinness mirror, and it's like, it is. And it's, yeah. like, it's there still now on, the, uh, on the wall there. Yeah. I remember, I remember that day well, actually. Yeah. I remember that day well. I used to get a lot of invitations up to them things, yeah. That was a good day, actually. It was, yeah. But that day, I had the big, <laughs> biggest fish, tagged fish, and most fish. I felt embarrassed going back yeah. up to the table <laughs> to take the prizes away, you know. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often. No. <laughs> yeah. I've had loads of things like that I could have promoted. I, I, had, um, I got a letter from the government here one time, two years ago, when President Higgins was coming over to um, England, coming over to do the state visit right. a few years ago. 
and that they asked me to do a frame of flies that he was presenting to Prince Charles. So I kind of, I did that. I got a, few, I got a good few quid for that, actually. I got a nice, and uh, I just left it at that. I didn't push it. There was a lot of reasons for that as well. Don't get me wrong, I didn't want to. You could put a few noses out of the joint. Yeah, so yeah. I just did it. It was a financial thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I made a few quid out of it, so and you, I left it at that. I was asked to go on the radio and promote it and all that, but I wouldn't do that because so, I didn't want the publicity over it. I just I got the money over it, and I left it at that. So there's a framed flight collection of yours, maybe in Balmoral or Windsor yeah. on the wall, no? That's nice to know. Yeah, though, probably. It? Uh, it could be in the bin as well, knowing them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do. Nice I don't, I've done a few things like that. I've done you? another one for uh, Tiger, Tiger Woods when he was in Mount Juliet as well. I've done, done quite a, a lot of things like that, but I never. I, my, my biggest problem has been like, I can tie flies, I tie anything, but I'm bad at publicising myself or pushing myself, and I don't really want to push myself either. I'm happy the way things are, but when I should have been pushing it, I wasn't because I did know how. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be a salesman. I know exactly where you're coming from because over the years when I started just doing the photography, and, you know, to, to do the product, you could be the best photographer, the best carpenter, you could be the best anything. Yeah. But unless you can sell yourself, you might as well pack it in. Because I thought to myself, yeah. I could sell you far better than I can sell myself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a common thing. Yeah. I was went on the with these different courses, yeah. you know, and it's a common thing. But uh, in time, you do something I, well. I think the product will sell itself then. Yeah, I, I built up a good name for myself. And I, I kind of keep it at that. And I, I've, not, I've never been pushy anyway, not if you know what I mean. I've never been one to push, 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 and push things on people. Or I, I've always kind of just go go with the flow and that's it. And I, I think that's the best way to be as well because you can come across as false. And I'm not like that. I just, I am what I am, if you know what I mean. And that's the way, that's why I get on with people and I just treat people as as they are. Not, not trying, I'm not trying to sell something to somebody. I tell you what I've noticed as well on social media lately. Well, the last, I don't know, the last year or two has come to, to my attention more than anything. You get everyone now is a, a flight tire or a, a guide. You know, they all push themselves on yeah. social media and they, they, there's nothing yeah. behind them to show that they've got any experience. And somebody who's, yeah. there's a photographer and he summed this up. I loved it. I love quotes. And he said, because uh, yeah. same with cameras. Anyone who got a camera now yeah. is a photographer. And yeah. he said this one quote, and you got some people out there, they might have 10,000 followers, 25,000 followers. Yeah. And then, and he said, popularity does not signify mastery. And I thought, I like that. That's good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. you've got 20,000 yeah. followers, it doesn't mean yeah. that you're any good. Like, like I say, I don't, I don't push myself. I just, Put a fly up every now and again if I feel like it, and I just was fortunate that I met some really, really nice people that helped me along the way. And I'm fishing like the amount of nice people in fishing is, oh, yeah. is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's like most outlets in life, but fishing seems to be, I don't know, you have something. Everybody's something in common in the one in the one in the one field. If you know what I mean? Like I tie flies all over the world. I tie for the Australian fly fishing team everywhere, but I I never pushed that. I never Rag about. I look. I'm in, I believe, forty years, and I bet half the town doesn't even know that type flies. Yeah, 
Did you, you know, ever do any competition I, fishing? I, no. I, I, it's just something that I never liked. I actually, this actually happened to me one night here. On, on This was on my river. It was, they asked me to the club, because I'm involved in Doro Anglers, like, and they asked me, oh, go on, you know, we're going to bring up this fly fishing thing again, and we're going to, you know, the cups, Memorial Cup and fish fish. So, because the river where I fish now, I know it inside out, and I knew I knew there was a couple of fish in it, in one spot. I got I got a fish this night, and it actually it was two pounds right on on the, on the small river. Nice. And it broke my heart to to kill it because I'd rather put that back in, let him grow and go back again. But this the very same night, and this is the truth, I got another fish after I'd killed that one first, but I got a bigger fish by two and three quarters. Wow. It was massive now. It was just one of them on a blue, a little tiny, tiny blue winged olive. I never forget it. I put the second one back, and I took the and the other fish. The, the first fish won the competition by a mile. Right, so there's no need. But again, it kind of puts on on the rivers. I don't mind hey, on the lakes. This lakes of Corridon, then place they're full of fish, uh, and people that part of the country, and people fish to, to to take fish to eat. But on the rivers, the fish are not. They're not in it anymore. So. If you catch a fish like that, it's a kind of a a prize in itself. I'd rather I'd rather put that back. I never fished it again after that. It was there. Yeah. And I've never been into competition. I know a lot of, like to Peter Driver now, he's down in Kilkenny, down in below Mount Juliet there. He fishes for Ireland. And he's a very, very good friend of mine. Most of the Irish team are no more. But um I just never really I I don't know. It's just something that because, like I said to you, I'd rather go out and do my own thing. And yeah. I've never been into competitions. I don't know why. So when you said you got, you're, you're spoilt, you've got the rivers near you, like for pleasure, would you fish for salmon as well? Or is it just the trout you're interested in? Trout. Because i tell you why. We, the salmon are basically, if I wanted to go and fish for salmon, I would have to go down to Mount Julia or Inishtig for the salmon walk. And fish it's something that i do i've never really done too much of it i've caught a few salmon now yeah. but i've never really gone out of my way to fish for them and we got a big run of salmon up on the north anyway but it's not great fly water up this end right but it's something that i want to go but like i paid an awful lot of money for the rod and the reel and it's still there i, w- I don't think i've used it twice in in the last two years because it's all, uh, my preference is kind of a, an eight-foot, four-weight rod and head out to the river. That's that's what I love doing. Yeah. Fish wet, dry, whatever, whatever it takes your fancy on the, on the time, whatever way the rivers are. Yeah. But um, that's my preference. That's what I just, it's just what I love doing. And that's when I was brought up in Wales, they had the types of little small river, small trout that I was brought up on. So here, like, I'm blessed because I've got three really good rivers within, I'd say, all within 15 minutes of me. Do you ever come back over no. the wheels? No. No. I was on, a, I got, we went down, uh, my wife and the grandkids and the, the son-in-law and the daughter, we come over, we went to Haverford West and again, I went down to Port Talbot and Swansea and that, that's as far as I got. And I, I wanted to go back home but because there's no one really, I've uncles now, and that, and they're all getting on now. 
that are still there. And I lost an uncle in Cardiff last year. Right. Another uncle has gone in a nursing home there last weekend. And they're all kind of drifting away. And because I, I like, I have to, I, I want to bring my grandkids over. That's my next, that's the next thing I want to do. But we had a great time now when we were over. But we yeah. were down that, that, that end of it. But there was everything there for the kids down. You know where it, what it's like now, the far side of the swans, you know, there's everything, kind of theme parks and there's, there's everything that's laid out for families. Yeah. Swansea's nice. I like Swansea. And Cardiff, yeah. to be honest, yeah, we like, spoke where we are because Cardiff's yeah. a great city as well. You know, it's smaller yeah. than the most and there's everything all compact. And it's nice. They say it's Everything's compact in it. Yeah, Swansea's the same, isn't it? Very yeah. small and compact. Yeah. I have a good friend down there now in Port Albert, Tony, Tony Davis, very, very good friend of mine. So yeah. That's when I kind of get a bit homesick when I... <laughs> Well, you've got a bit of a concoction in your accent. You obviously like to sound yeah, Irish in you. Of, yeah, like I say, 40, how many? 40, 41, 42 years, I think. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a long time. I find that when I'm there for like three weeks, I start to get a little bit of a lick. Yeah. It just automatically rubs, <laughs> rubs on you. I think that's because of too much Guinness, mind. There must yeah. be something in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're drinking that's it, a lot know? of it, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I came over yeah. in 2012. I've been fishing, obviously, for years, coming back and forth. Yeah. But in 2012, I came over for two weeks. And I stayed for two and a half years. I stayed over in the West. Yeah, yeah I did, yeah. I stayed in Clombeur. Whereabouts? You know, Clombeur, in between right. the Mask and the Corrib. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I met a girl there. and we, I stayed over towards Rossmack then for a little bit. And then I, right. my favourite place, which I love, is Westport. I was there for the best part of a year as well. Yeah, Westport's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wake up every but morning. It, it is beautiful up there, though. Jeez, I, I missed it this year, just gone. It was the first year I haven't been over there. So I'm counting right. the days. I, I can't wait to get back over. Right. Yeah, well, if you're ever down this path, just give me a call. Oh, I will be. Have you got any goals for 2021? Have I got any goals? Yeah, for this no, coming season. Not really, just... Or put yes, your feet up, I guess, is it? Yeah, just stay healthy, isn't it? Now, yeah. Keep, keep, uh, keep. As they say, every day you listen to it. Keep your distance. But this, it's, I don't know. Strange, strange, strange times. Like I said last night, I was telling you, I was go shopping now on a Tuesday because I went at nine o'clock this morning. There's nobody in Portlaoise. The shops are empty. If I go, if, if my wife goes shopping in Abilene. They're, they're in small supermarkets and there's too many people in them. It's just, a, it's, I don't know, it's going to be like this, Kerry, for a while, I think, because it's hard to get used to it. I don't know how, how we're going to cope. I don't think it's going to go away anyway for another year anyway. My goal this year is to do as much fishing as I can because last year I didn't do any. So I really want to get out and do a bit of fishing because I see I do a lot of guiding and stuff like that. That's gone now. Mm. Last year was virtually nil, you know, a few, few like the French guys and things like that, but nothing, no American tours. So I'll just have to go and paddle my own canoe this year. I have a good friend back in Abbey Leagues, really, really good friend of mine, Kevin Fenley, and he's he was in California for the last 20 years, and he's moved back again. He's from Abbey Leagues, and he wants to take up fly fishing. So I'm going to teach him as much or as good as I can teach him. Anyway, that's that's one of my goals. Anyway, 
get him out onto the river because it's something that he's never done. So he's heading for the 60 mark as well, so it's time we got him on the river. That's one thing I want to do. I want to get as much fishing in as I can, get out on the river and get a bit of... Like, you're away from everybody anyway. Well, let's hope it'll all come together and things will get to some sort of normality. But it is what you said, like, when you were going, say, up to the west of Ireland, it is nice to have the company then and go in and have a few pints after yeah. the fishing and have a talk, you know. That's why I, I love that side of it. I love that side of it. Like, uh, I have a good friend up there, Luke Johnny Lee, he's a boatman up there. He's he's a great character, great character. And he likes to have a few jars after <laughs> The stories then is good. That's it. You can't beat it, can you? I, I, I love it. I, I, no, I, get I, I love that side of it. Yeah. When I'm heading in, and it's Uttarad, I've been the last few years, I've kept my boat. And when you're heading in for yeah. the night, boats, yeah, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock sometimes, and you're heading in, and then you you got that buzz then, okay, the fishing's over, we can't wait to wash, yeah. change, go to the bar, yeah. and have a few pints and talk yeah. fishing. Yeah, and talk fishing, yeah. Because yeah. you don't, like, on my side of it, I don't to be talk here, I wouldn't be talking to anybody about fishing, because I don't really know too many people that fish here in Abbey Beach anyway. Yeah. You know, you get the, the, the worm fishermen, but fly fishing, you don't get too many. I tell you what I found of being on the lake, the Corrib especially. I've got it's, it's a, it can be a soul destroying place sometimes. You can go yeah, three, four, five, me, yeah. maybe a week, ten days struggling. Yeah. And then every time you're right end of the day, you're heading in. That's it. I don't want to get out on the lake tomorrow. I'm not fishing tomorrow. <laughs> and you go to the pub. You have a few pints, and you can't wait yeah. to get back out there the following day. <laughs> I've had some bad experiences on it as well. It's not like I'm not. I, it's nice if it's nice and calm, not too calm. But I mean, if it's rough, it's it's not nice. I was out with you know Stan Headley. I know. I, I don't know I him personally, but obviously, I, yeah, I know the name. Yeah, you're right. I was out with him one time. Right, he's now. Don't forget, he's from up around the Orkneys, up there in the top yeah. of Scotland. So he's used to all that type of fishing. We're brilliant fishermen now. But uh, I was out with him one time and, and another man in the boat. And it was, oh, I tell you now, I was I was afraid. That's how bad it was. But to them, that's the way they fish. And he was getting fish. I wasn't even able to fish now, to be honest with you. There was so much wind <laughs> and waves. and uh, Oh, jeez. I, I actually couldn't wait to get in. Was it? But they were loving it. And he was, he was another fantastic lake fisherman. I love a big rolling Fishing wave. really, really long leader lines. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm casting them out. But they were, and they were getting fish. Oh, I but love it. Put me off a bit. I'm a firm believer. Big weather, big fish. They love a big wave, yeah. big fish, you know. Yeah, but so. that's why he, that's why he was getting, he got some good fish now. Yeah. But again, fishing really, really long lines and stripping it. Like, they were spotting fish as well. He had yeah. a good boatman. That was a learning curve as well. But again, that's what he does. That's why he makes his living there. I like to fish Orkney, oh. actually. I was talking to him, the yeah. last the last podcast um, guest they had, he, he was talking about Hoy, which is an island up by Orkney. And he said the sea trout fishing in the sea is fantastic there. Well, uh, I, be, I believe now that even the brown trout fishing on some of them is, is unbelievable. Yeah. The, the size of the fish as well, yeah. Well, there's lots more. We've been well over an hour, I know. And there's lots more I wanted to touch on, but we perhaps we can leave it for another time on the materials, yeah, uh, the changes in Titan, uh, the methods and things oh, that yeah. have changed over the years. Yeah. And there's yeah. all lots of stuff we haven't touched on. And maybe when I'm over, because I will come over this year, 
or perhaps we can meet face to face and we do another podcast and we can you can I'd love to go and see that museum with you as well. That that is an experience in itself because you it's a, it's a place where you wouldn't believe even passing it you wouldn't think what 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 is in it like it's an unbelievable place. Yeah. But it's just the, the guy that has it he's kind of a loner and he doesn't push it too much. Yeah. But it's a remarkable, remarkable, and he got great help from a lot of people. He's he's a he's a man that likes to be on his own, and he does his own thing. He's only young, I'd say he's only fifty, but he he just. I like the I way you know. say. I like the way you say young, only fifty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm young, sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, why not? Isn't it? Well, I've Don't enjoyed our chat, me. but it's come to that time. I'm going to ask you a question, which yeah. I ask everyone, and you probably know what the question is going to be. Where would you want to be to make your last cast? On the River Gowell. It's just, it's paradise. And if you're ever over here, I'll take it and you'll see why it's just, it's a small river. And it's, if you're out there on a summer's evening, you're in a different world. Because there's virtually nothing, only a farmhouse here or there every few miles. And it's paradise. To shoot the river, and hopefully a hatch of flies on it. And there's nothing better. I've had some of my nicest, nicest evenings on it. You could actually sit there for hours on a summer's evening, just looking at fish rising. There's, there's nothing nicer, actually. Just somewhere. There's, there's actually. I'll, I'll, if you're ever over, I'll take and show you. There's, there's even a, uh, there's a weir in a certain part of it. There's no houses near this. There's a weir and there's a graveyard. And I, I often said to myself, it would be luck to be buried there. The graveyard is probably 200 yards off the river, in the middle of nowhere. A house at the graveyard. It's just a paradise, honestly. Paradise. And I love it. It's probably the nicest place to, that I've ever had to fish in my life. Like, the fishing is so good in it, and nobody fishes it. You kind of have it all for yourself. But you wouldn't see a footprint. To me, that's that's nice. And over the years, I've learned different lane ways to go down through through meeting farmers who don't even fish. And if you catch it, if the fishing is good, take a fish home and drop it off on the doorstep on the way home, and you're always welcome back. Little lane ways where there's you know you've no access only only those lane ways. You learn that they're there over the years. Nobody else would know that. And sometimes you can drive in and park right on the edge of the river. It's just laneways the farmer access access lanes for fields farmers that's how i learned all that river you'd nearly have it to yourself but again if the fishing is good catch keep a fish drop it on his doorstep on the way home and you'll always be welcome back you'd be welcome if you didn't drop it anyway but yeah the, you know that to me is it's home from home <laughs> nothing nicer awesome but, well yeah. hopefully we will meet up this year Please God, everything will, everything will be calmer down then towards the summer. And if you're over, just give me a call. We'll look after you. I will do. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat. And hope to see you this year. I loved it. Thanks very much. Yeah. All right. Mr. I'll be Kerry, in touch, great Jimmy. Great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Bye, Jimmy. Bye. All the best. Take care now. If this is your first time tuning in, make sure you catch all future episodes by clicking subscribe via the links on my website castingwithkerryjones.com or via iTunes or your favourite podcatcher. If you like what you've heard on this episode, 
feel free to drop me a line via my website. Tell me what you've enjoyed, ask a question, or better yet, tell me what you want to hear more of in the future. And if you're looking for additional tips, tackle reviews, or venue information, or just want to see what's been hitting the back of my net lately, search up Casting with Kerry Jones on Facebook or follow me on Instagram. And if you still want more, I'm regularly uploading video content onto the Casting with Kerry Jones YouTube channel, so just check that out and subscribe over there too. Wherever you follow, subscribe, comment or message, I look forward to catching up soon for a good fishing chat. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next time, tight lines and don't strike too soon.